0: I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I am just delighted to spend some time with you here this morning here on WTSM 97.9, your sports monster. We're from Sunday mornings from 6 to 7. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and God's glorious kingdom. It's my privilege to be able to spend this time with you, and I hope that you are planning on going to church today because, well, I am, and I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We are in the Crescent Park Plaza, and today I'm happy to announce to you that I have a young man coming to preach for us today that I believe it's just going to be a blessing to our church and to you if you chose to attend. His name is Joshua Grimes. He is from uh, Ohio, up in the Dayton area. And he's come down to uh, speak at a men's retreat over the weekend. And uh, so I just said, well, while you're here, come on and uh, minister to the folks at Freedom Road. And so he's going to do that today. We start at 11.05, and I do believe this young man's going to bless you, so I'm inviting you to join us. Freedom Road, Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle, Northeast, frcm.us. That's the website. Well, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show, and uh, we're today at show number 1004, and moving right along here and uh today well this week we begin uh, a whole new cycle in the whole uh, election process new president and um, we don't know what all this is gonna hold and you might say well pastor king uh, how do you feel about this You see this would drag me into the realm of doing something that we don't do here on the gospel, on the radio talk show. We don't talk politics. And uh I have opinions. I have very, very strong opinions. But we don't talk about that here. Our focus is the church, which leads me to my rules. We don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, but we always speak well of one another. And... uh We do kind of hold to the old adage, if you don't have anything good to say, then just don't say anything, and sometimes that works very, very well. So I was trying to figure it up on my fingers here uh, how many presidents that I've uh, had during my lifetime, and I count 14, and uh, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go as well. But we're always thankful for the uh, peaceful transfer of power. And uh, this has been our tradition throughout the, uh, the days, months, and years of our great nation. And for that, I'm thankful. And uh, I do believe it's important that we pray for our leaders and the president. And I do Make that a habit, and uh, again, it doesn't matter what my political persuasions would be one way or the other. It's important that we pray for our leaders, and so that's what we should do, and uh, I thought to myself, how can I be a blessing to my beloved radio audience on a day such as today because some may be happy and some may be not so happy. And uh, I remember one time uh, when an election took place, I was not happy at all. And uh, it disturbed me. In a couple of days, I found myself stewing over this thing. And finally one day, and I found that this is a good habit to do, I got me out one of those uh yellow legal pads with you know with a little spiral top on the top of it, and I just started writing down my feelings. I mean I wrote and I wrote and I wrote until I couldn't think of anything else to say and uh funny thing about that that just kind of wound me down and uh I was able to get a piece in my heart and then They say we move on because what else can we do? We have to move on whether we agree or whether we don't agree. We have to just move on because the country is that important. And of course, from my perspective, I always want to believe that God's love is going to shine down on us and help us. And help us to be a nation that continues to be great. A nation with a a great heart and compassion to serve our fellow man, humanity, whether it be here or abroad. And America has always been very, very generous when it comes to tragedies and things that happens in other parts of the world. And I would pray that that would always be our heart, that we want to be a people that serves one another and serves our fellow man, wherever it may be. So thinking of that, and uh, that being on my heart and mind, I have a, uh, some. Uh, let's say a habit that I do. I like to collect little sayings and scriptures that just have uh, important meaning to me. And so I brought some of those with me to the studio just to share these with you that perhaps maybe we would gain some, uh, well, let's say some uh, a bit of peace in our heart. So let's just begin with this one. This is one, uh, one that I collected somewhere along the line. It says, resentment is like drinking poison and hoping that it will kill the enemy. Now, if you think about that for a moment, if you just let it sink in for a second. Because the truth of the matter is, is that a person who would hold resentment in their heart is the one that's ultimately going to suffer. And we know that people do suffer because of resentment. And they suffer mentally, emotionally, and physically. So let's review again what the saying says. Resentment is like drinking poison and hoping that it will kill the enemy. In other words, just say, take that, enemy. But the truth of the matter is that most of the time, the enemy doesn't even know. And uh, maybe they do, and they really don't care. And so they're just moving on with life. But this thing is like a, an albatross around your neck, And it's causing you to have emotional and mental stress, making your blood pressure go up, and just robbing you of your peace. And unfortunately, people sometimes will carry resentment and harbor hate in their heart and to a lifetime. I mean, it could go on for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And all that time, all the damage is being done. And uh, the thing about it is it, it causes a heart to be troubled. And I, this is just me, I've determined in my heart that I don't want my heart to be troubled. I don't want to be constantly agitated and upset and uh, in a state of my mind to where there's just just no joy because it's all being sapped out because of the resentment that may be in my heart so i've just determined i don't want to hold resentment in my heart you see i'm a i'm a process person and uh, this is one of the things, I guess this is a part of being uh, a man, is it? we process things. And yes, there, there's times in my life when I've had people do things to me that are really ugly. I've had people say things about me that were just absolutely just not true. And they say them with the design. They want to hurt me. And sometimes it it hits. But then... I have the responsibility to decide how I'm going to deal with that. So that's the uh, processing begins. I have to begin to process it in my mind as to whether or not I want to hold this. Because sometimes people get the impression look, I I deserve this resentment that I have in my heart, I've been wounded. I have been harmed, and I have every right to be resentful. And you may feel that way, but you're going to pay a price for it. And if you're thinking that your resentment is going to cause that person great harm and, and uh, cause them to be unhappy, more than likely, you're just fooling yourself because they've already moved on. And they really don't care. And uh, Now, there are those occasions where someone could wound you in some way, and they're really not even aware that they did. And if that's the case, again, it's not going to affect them because they don't even know what they've done. And then that comes those times when perhaps it's necessary to sit down with somebody. And just share your heart. And that person may just say, well, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. Would you forgive me? Well, see, this, this brings us to a whole new level now. Because then you have the question of, am I going to receive that forgiveness? And will I indeed grant it? Big decision. Because you see, if that person asks you to forgive them and they're very, very sincere in their, their quest for your forgiveness and you refuse, you've just moved it into a whole different level of responsibility. And uh, like I say, there is a price to be paid, which always brings me to think about, my Lord, and uh, my goodness, you're talking about somebody who was harmed, somebody who was uh, beaten and bruised, somebody who indeed was uh, brought into a situation in their life to where great tragedy took place. But the Lord took the tragedy and he turned it into triumph. And uh, he did it for one reason. And that's simply the fact that uh, he loves us. Listen to that. Triumph and quartet. That's what it's called. On loves. a hill called Calvary. Because he loves That's right. He suffered it all because he loved me, he loves you, he loved all of humanity. And that's why he sacrificed his own life on Calvary's cross, that you and I might have peace, joy, and life everlasting. That's a wonderful promise. And this is the uh, gospel on the radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I'm just delighted to spend some time with you this morning before we all go to church because this is church day for a lot of us. Now, some folks uh, worship other days of the week and that's just fine with me. But uh, I worship on Sunday. I go to the house of God to celebrate the resurrection of my Lord and Savior. And I go with joy in my heart and thankfulness for the opportunity to go and to proclaim Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And as I've said, I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, and we love visitors. And we got a special guest today, Mr. Joshua Grimes. He is the uh, regional superintendent, our regional executive director for the Eastern Region of the Open Bible Churches, which I'm a part of. My church is an open Bible church, uh, Joshua has also been a bit of pastor. He pastored for many, many years, and his father is a pastor, a good friend of mine as well. And so we're just delighted to have Joshua today at Freedom Road, and we want you to come and worship with us and hear this young man proclaim the Word of God. Podcast, uh, we've been putting the shows on podcast for quite a while now. And Brother Doug uh, shared something with me that I think is uh, rather ingenious, uh, Been a bit of an issue with uh, the shows that we do that has a lot of music in it, because we really can't put the music on the podcast, so he's figured out a way to do it. And so uh, I used to say, well, this show probably won't be on the podcast, but it will. And uh, so you can find it, show number 100, a oh, 1,004, 1,004. And you might want to check out show number 1,000. That was very, I thought it was really good. I had my son, he, he interviewed me. And my daughter Sarah was with us because she was one of the founders of the uh, Gospel on the Radio Talk Show way back uh, in 2002. Two. She was right here with me. and uh, So we talked all about that. So you might want to check that album out as well. we got a lot of good shows there for you. Interviewed a lot of people from a lot of different perspectives of Christian ministry. And we're going to have Joshua in the studio. We're going to interview him before he leaves town. And we'll share that program with you as well. And I'm talking about Joshua Grimes, not Joshua, my son. Uh, sometimes people get confused because I, I have a tendency to confuse people with that type of thing. Also, you want to make sure you join me on Saturday nights for the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. And that's an hour radio show that airs on 94.1 on your radio dial, 7 o'clock. And as I say, it's the very, very best in southern gospel music coming across those airwaves. You don't want to miss it. It's uh, well. I have a lot of fun doing that show as well because I love gospel music, but I also like to talk, so it goes well with me. And I also like to preach and proclaim the word of God. I'm a Bible preacher, and uh, on ninety four point one, Monday through Friday at eleven o'clock, you can tune in and uh, listen to the gospel on the radio broadcast, and that's a Teaching of the Word of God, I believe it'll be a blessing to you. So those are things for you to check out. You can also find the daily broadcast on the podcast as well. And while I'm at it, let me just mention uh, my good friend Robin Feesmeyer, AAA Heating and Air. He's been helping me do this broadcast from the very, very beginning. Does great work. You need to get that air conditioner. Uh, Tuned up Now this is a good time To be doing it While we're in the Cooler weather You're not using The air conditioner You need to get That thing tuned up Have Robin come out And clean the filters And get it all ready to go For your uh, Because you're going to Need it this summer And uh, it might keep you From being in the middle Of the summer With no air conditioning And that's not cool at all (laughs) Actually That's kind of (laughs) funny That's right It won't be cool at all You'll be You'll be sorry so you need to get that thing checked out. 893-9566. Now let's find uh, another one here. These are these are uh, sayings and scriptures that I have just collected over the years. This comes from the Proverbs. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls and uh, that kind of makes me think in my mind of the wild wild west there's no borders and no 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 nothing to confine anything and it's just running free and it makes me think about that with your 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 mind and your, your emotions there's no control there's no borders there's no walls there's no checkpoints to where you'd say oh this is getting out of hand. And uh, we talked about it a little while ago about resentment. And uh, the other, other statement that we read is resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill the enemy. When a person has no borders, there's no governor. There's, there's nothing to bring control into a person's life. So their thought life is just, just free to go. And there's just absolutely no... Ruling it at all. And of course, in my mind, this is a formula for trouble. It's going to bring trouble into your life when there's no rule. You see, this goes along with this whole thing about resentment. You see, if you choose to hold resentment, then you'll hold resentment. But you can choose not to. Now, some people would look at me and say, "Well, Pastor King, you, you you're just crazy if you if you have resentment towards somebody there's just nothing you can do about it and i disagree here's what you do you choose see you choose to forgive and that sounds strange but again you see either we're going to have control over ourselves or we're going to be uh, like a city with no walls but there's just no control but you have a choice and that is to choose. I choose to forgive. Now, when you say that, you're not going to all of a sudden just have this great transformation in your heart and it's, oh, it feels so good to to just have that off of me. I'm just I'm forgiven. No, that's not going to happen that way. And I tell you why. It's not going to happen that way because there is a there's an enemy on the loose. Or I see sometimes there's, there's a devil on the loose. The devil, he takes great glee in that resentment that you hold in your heart or, or whatever emotion that may be that's got you gripped and it's controlling you and you're not controlling it. And so when you make that decision, that choice, look, look I, I don't, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to walk around all day long with resentment in my heart no more. I want to be free of this. And you just pray and say, Father God, help me to forgive my brother and my sister. Well, like I say, that's not going to happen immediately. But it's a determination. I choose to forgive. Well, the first thing that's going to happen is the devil's going to jump on you with all both of his feet. And uh, he's going to say, no, you don't. No, you do not forgive. Well, see, that's where you remind him of who he is. And the Bible says that he is a thief and a liar with a mission to steal and to kill and to destroy. So you have to remind him of that and say, devil, devil. You are a thief and a liar and a robber, and you're robbing me of my joy. I choose to forgive. And when he comes back and accuses you again and say, no, no, you haven't, and you remind him of who he is, you're a thief and a robber and a liar. I choose to forgive. And you see, you start that process in your mind. It'll take a little time, but maybe not too long. The next thing you know, it begins to happen because the devil has to loosen his grip because he knows he is defeated by the word. The word has power. You see, your words spoken with authority because you say, I am a child of God and God has given me his Holy Spirit to help me to forgive. And I choose to forgive. That's my heart's desire and my choice. Karen Peck says I can walk and try it. Thanks be to God who leads us in triumph. That was uh, Karen Peck in New River. Called Walk in Triumph. And uh, well, I choose to walk in triumph because, uh, well, I choose to forgive because I want peace in my heart. Now, I'm going to give you another one here before we get moving along here because uh, we're just following along with our, with our thought process so far. We started off talking about uh, resentment and uh, uh, the price. That you pay for resentment. And uh, the saying was resentment is like drinking poison and hoping or hoping that it will kill the enemy. And then the, the next one that I read to you was He, he that has no rule over his own spirit, is like a city that is broken down and is without walls. Now, sometimes when uh, there's resentment in the room. And uh, perhaps maybe this could be in a family or perhaps it's in a community, maybe some type of a club where there's people that that, uh, come together, a church, and uh, something's happened and people are resentful. I was listening to a sports uh, radio show the other day and a particular... uh, Football organization had made some decisions that the fans were all upset and they were calling into this uh, sports radio show and uh, they were mad. They were mad that the people who were responsible for these decisions. And so it goes uh, in the but Again, it can be in the political realm. But so what happens is that people are just fueled up and they're just, they're just talking about it and they're just revving it up. So this is, the, this is the next one. It says, Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. And I'm not sure I did a real good job of reading that to you, so I'm going to try it again here. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no bear, the strife ceases. Here's the analogy. You got a fire going, and if you just stop putting more wood in it, the fire will eventually go out. And so uh, uh, the thing about it is it. I had a person upset with me one time, and this person was really upset with me and uh, came to me. And just blasted me and uh, talked about how upset they were. And uh, I, I just, let, just let this person just rant. And then when finally they were kind of calmed down a little bit, not much, I said to them, I'll what, I am not going to discuss this with you or anyone else anymore. And so, as far as I'm concerned, it's over because I'm not going to fuel it anymore. And if you'll do the same, then it'll be over for you as well. And so, stop fueling the fire and it eventually, the strife will cease. And this is what the Proverbs is telling us, that where you don't put no more wood on the fire, the fire will Cease to exist. Stop adding fuel and being the tailbearer, then the strife ceases. And it's amazing to me how one or two people can get things really stirred up and get a lot of people stirred up. Get on that telephone, and and of course, nowadays uh, they're they're texting and just getting people's. uh, emotions all wrought up and get them all disturbed and the next thing you know, you've just got chaos going on. But when all that stops, eventually, the strife will begin to cease. Now, sometimes people enjoy it. They do. People, sometimes people enjoy just stoking the fire. And uh, a lot of times, uh, because they may be upset, they want to make sure there's other people upset just as much. And it just becomes a mission. And uh, so this is what I've learned uh, over my years of just living is that I'm just not going to participate. Just not going to participate. I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to have peace in my heart. And I'm going to let there be a joy. And I'm just going to find myself in a position to where I'm not going to let it cripple me. I'm not going to allow myself to be defeated. I'm just going to keep on going. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And I'm going to say, Lord, let me walk with you. You walk with me. And God, give me a determination to just keep on going for God and not allowing these things to hinder me. I'm not giving up, just like Gold City is talking about here. Well, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. No, I, keep going on. I like that. <laughs> I do. I'm not giving up. I'll just keep going on. You see, I'm such a dreamer that uh, I'm just one of those people. I don't know how to quit. And uh, I've shared this with people who um, who have uh impact in my life. And I've said, look, I'm not smart enough to know when it's time to quit, uh, especially in ministry because I love ministry. I love doing what I do. I love serving and um, sometimes people say, well, you need to quit doing that. And I say, I don't know. I just don't know how. How do you, how did you just stop doing something that you love doing? And uh, one of the things that really bothers me is when you listen to somebody and, and they're telling you how this is going to play out before it even happens. And uh, to me, that is a, a pessimist. Somebody who is just pessimistic. And I have a, a saying for that as well. And this is a pessimist is a person who burns his bridges before he even gets to them. And I thought that was quite outstanding when I found that little saying. I'm going to read it to you again. A pessimist is a person who burns his bridges. Before he even gets to them, that's what I'm saying. People, they say, "Well, this is this is how this is going to turn out," and they're just very, very pessimistic to me. Now, I remember way back in uh, 1973, I was uh, an E3 in the Navy. Uh, see, I was 20 uh, something, just maybe, maybe, maybe younger than that. Nineteen, maybe. No, no. That's in my 20s. And uh, I was 21. That's what it was. And uh, I bought this house. And man, you would not believe the people that told me, you're never going to be able to make those big house payments. You know how much it was? $150 a month. Now, this is 1973, and I'm an E3 in the Navy. So I'm not making big money here. But... uh, Man, people were just so negative. Oh, you'll never be able to make those big house payments. Oh, this is just going to be a disaster. I lived in that house uh, for five years before my wife and I got married. And then we lived there, I think, another year, a year and a half after we got married, before we left to come here to Tallahassee. It's over in Pensacola. And uh, and when I sold the house, uh, there was equity, we made equity out of the house. I mean we were able to, to have a little money to put down on the next house we purchased. And uh, I, I look back on that now. if I'd listened to all those voices, man, so, something that was really good just wouldn't have happened. And so a pessimist is a person who burns his bridges before he even gets to them. And there's so much truth in that, which also uh, brings me to, let's see, where's the next one? I found it here. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. You see, we talk a lot about uh, this whole thing about being humble. And we say, well, what what is being humble? Well, I believe a person who has a humble heart is a person who's ready to give himself over to the Lord to let the Lord lead him. I think most of us have heard about the story of George Washington kneeling in the snow, praying out loud to God during the days of Valley Forge. and He was overheard uh, and, and Person saw witnessed this, and that person was a was a Tory. He was he was not far this uh, r- ragtag army trying to overthrow the British rule. But when he saw George Washington down on his knees there in the snow praying to God, he changed his allegiance. Well, see, here's the thing about it: here was a I man. He was the general of the army. But he was humbling himself before God. And you see, as it says here, that whenever we allow a humble spirit to rule us, that we're going to find ourselves in a place of peace because we have allowed ourselves to be given over to a greater authority. And to me, that's extremely important because I know as a human, my limitations. But through Christ Jesus, as the scripture says, I can do and I can accomplish the things that's in my heart to accomplish. And not only that, I can be a a bright spot for someone else. In other words, there's so many people who, who just choose to live in darkness. I'm not one of them. And so I want to be able to be a, a shining light to other people. But the only way they're going to see that is if they see Christ in me. Because I'm I'm just human and I'm a, I'm subject to sin and, and all the other things that humans are. But because I choose to follow Christ and I, I say, God, help me to walk in the Spirit then through my life and my testimony I can bring a light into somebody else's life and help them in their journey and try to point them toward the light which is Christ Jesus as Jesus always did as he pointed toward his heavenly father. And so as the down east boys are saying shed a little light. Damascus, at the least, was quite intense, shed a little light on me, shed a little light on me. Yes, Lord, please do so. <laughs> yes, Lord, shed a little light. Now, of all the ones that I've shared with you today, uh, these uh sayings and uh, different scriptures that just have meaning to me, and I've just written them down and, and uh, have kept them because they have great value of ministry. But this is probably my favorite, and I've kept it to the very end here. Psalm seventy-one eighteen. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. And that power to everyone that is to come. Now, the thing that amazes me is how quickly I got to this point. And I'm talking about the gray hair and and, uh, the age. Uh, Do you realize that as far as I know, and I could be wrong, but I don't think so, that I am the oldest in tenure of all the pastors in Tallahassee. I've pastored my church, same church, Longer than anybody in the city. And again, if I'm wrong, you can call me and tell me I'm wrong. I'd like to meet that person and know about them. But I've been here a long time. And I'm now gray-headed. I think I've passed the gray and now it's white. And this really is my heart. That I may show thy strength into the next generation. Because... Like I say, it's amazing how quickly I've got to this point. I remember my, my best friend said to me one time, he says, well, he says, when I get a little older, and I'm saying, how old do you want to be? I said, if we get seasoned much more, <laughs> we're going to be seasoned right out of here. But I, I look back at those who were before me and, and how quickly, seemingly, they just all passed from the scene, and now the torch just left. And uh, Lord, don't forsake me until I've been able to say to the next generation, you need to get your heart right with God. You need to get your perspectives straight. And you need to get your heart right and ready to serve. Don't allow resentment to rule and reign in your heart, don't allow yourself to become arrogant. Pray that God will keep you humble. Don't be a pastimus, and uh, say, God, you give me the perimeters, the borders, to show me what your heart and what your will is for me, that I may follow you as a true follower and a true disciple, a disciple of my Lord. I'm not going to be one that stokes the fire with my verbiage but I'm gonna just have a piece of my heart and I'm just gonna let God do a work. And it's amazing, it's amazing what can be transformed in our heart when we take that stance. I believe that it's a matter of choice, but I also believe this, that uh, it is no secret what God can do. We're going to let Mr. Elvis come in here and sing that for us before we go here this morning. Father God, I thank you that we can have a peace in our heart. We choose to forgive and not allow resentment, not being pessimistic, but just believing that God that you can do all things if we trust you. And Father God I pray over this radio audience Father I pray for our families I pray for our country I pray for our nation And Lord God I do pray That Lord that you would strengthen us In our walk with you And I pray for peace In the city of Jerusalem In the nation of Israel I pray these things in Jesus name Amen Until next Sunday morning May the Lord bless you There is no